Praise the Lord. Amen. So good to be here tonight. So good to be alive. It's a good day to be alive. I used to say that a lot at the place where I worked when I was uh, late 20s. I was the guy at that particular place. I was the guy that was always smiling. That's the way they, they knew me. Didn't hardly anyone know my name. That's the guy that was always smiling. And uh, my motto in that day was, it's a good day to be alive. And it was just, uh, had to do with the fact that I had uh, salvation. Just pure, plain and simple. I talking to my wife earlier this week and, we was talking about the fear that seems to have gripped the land in today's situation. And I think one of the reasons, well, we know that the Bible tells us that men's hearts would fail them for fear of things that was to come. And I think one of the reasons why that people get so afraid in this time is because they're not sure of their own destinations. They're just not sure of where they stand with the Lord. So fear grips them. Some understand it, some don't. But it's, that is the root of the fear. But it's a good day to be alive. It's a good day to be alive. I don't know about you, but we look around and we see so many things taking place in the world today that uh, if there ever was any evidence of uncertainty, we've sure enough got it. Some evidence of uncertainty. We all know the old saying about that there's one certainty in life, and that's the certainty that everything changes. Life changes. Everything just changes. So tonight, we want to we wanna begin our reading in Romans chapter 8. Very familiar scriptures tonight. Nothing that we haven't all read many, many times, heard minister on many times. Maybe we'll serve it up a little bit different tonight, and it'll taste a little different to you. But Romans 8, 28. Romans 8 and 28. Romans 8 and 28. The Bible says this. And we know... That all things work together for the good to them that love God. To them who are the called according to his purpose. We could go into all of that and we could talk about the coronavirus. And we could talk about other sicknesses that befall us. We could talk about the financial troubles. We could talk about the state of the government. We could talk about so many different things that go on. And we could say no matter how bad it is. No matter how deep the water seems. No matter how high the mountains seem to look. No matter how big the trouble seems. That even though it's all there, we can go back and look at uh, Joseph and we can see that it all works out for our good. And it does. How many can say amen to that? It does. There's no doubt to that. If you believe the Bible. If you believe the Bible. How many knows? I remember that when I was a boy, that there, the preacher that I came up under, one of his favorite sayings was, and he'd say this quite often when he'd take the pulpit, is, was that you're living in the quietest world that you will ever live in. And he was right. Every time he said it, he was right. Because day by day by day by day, seems things get a little bit worse. Things get a little bit louder. Things get a little bit bigger. And today, even today with all the stuff that we're going through, we are living in the quietest world that we're ever going to live in. Because who knows what tomorrow brings? Nobody knows what tomorrow brings. But we know that all things work together for our good to them that love the Lord, that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. 
But I want to talk for just a few minutes tonight. It won't take long at all. It's 6.27. I'll try to be done here in about 15, 20 minutes. I want to talk for just a few minutes about the purpose of God. I want to talk about the purpose of God. What is the purpose of God? What is the purpose of God? What is the purpose of God? We go over to to Luke chapter 19 and verse 9. Luke chapter 19 and verse 9, the Bible says it like this. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house. For so much as he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. What is the purpose of God tonight? The purpose of God is to seek and to save that which was lost. Can somebody say amen? To seek and to save that which was lost. Now you have to ask yourself, Brother Paul, how are we called according to that purpose? Or how do we have any proof that we've been called according to that purpose? Then we can go on and we can find a few more scriptures. In John chapter 9 and verse 5, the Bible said this. Jesus is talking and he says, As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. But then he says, after I'm gone, you are going to be the light of the world. So what are you saying here with this? How does this prove that we're called according to his purpose? Well, if the purpose of God was to seek and to save that which was lost, and he'd done that while he was here, now he's gone, who does that purpose pass on to? That purpose passes on to you and me. That purpose passes on to us, the body of Christ, to seek and to save that which was lost. Now, don't get me, don't get all mixed up with saying, now, Brother Paul said we can save somebody. That's not what I'm saying at all. The blood of Jesus is the only thing that can save anybody. What I'm telling you tonight is that we have a calling in our life. And that calling is to walk up right before God. And as the next scripture says, ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Verse 16, let your light. So shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. That is a step by step process right there. We are to let our light shine, be a Christian to the world, no matter what's taking place, no matter what's going on, no matter what trouble we're being faced with. Let your light so shine before men. Be a Christian. Walk up right before God. Keep your spirit. Let your light so shine before men. Then what happens? And they may see your good works. They'll see what you're doing. They'll see the confidence that you have. They'll see the security that you have in your life. And that confidence that you're portraying before the world. And all of a sudden, they want to know what that's all about. They want to know where that's coming from. How can I get that for myself? And you say, well, how do you have any proof of that? Let's go over to the day of Pentecost. The Bible tells us that the day of Pentecost was fully come. The Spirit of God. came and filled the house filled everyone that was sitting there the next scene finds the ministers of God out on the streets of the city preaching to what does saith the word of the Lord and then the Bible lets us know that Peter says up and says you got to do these things because somebody said what what must I do to be saved what must I do to be saved 
The Bible lets us know that the Spirit of God on the day of Pentecost come upon these people. And then you find them out in the street. You find them out in the street. The Bible lets us know. If you go and read that story that, that were devout Jews there from every nation under the sun, the Bible says it. Every nation under the sun, every language that could be spoken was there in Jerusalem at that time on the day of Pentecost. Those people come out of that house, out of that upper room, speaking in other tongues, ministering to the men and women of God. The called. And the Bible lets us know that it pricked their heart. To the point that they had to say, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to be saved? Now that's our responsibility. To walk up right before God. Let our light so shine before men that they may see your good works. And glorify your Father which is in heaven. What you do, the world longs to see it. What you do in this situation, what's going on, the world longs to see it. The world longs to see it. Brother Anthony was preaching this morning about it. And he said that there's always somebody wanting help. If you'll just see them, you don't even really have to look for them. There's always somebody that's wanting help. And when you let that light shine, when you show them what real true Christianity is about, and not religion, but real true Christianity, when you let them see what it's about, it pricks their heart. It gets them to thinking, that's some good stuff. I need that in my life. And then they begin to question you and talk to you about it. But it's a good day to be alive. It is a good day to be alive. And, and we know that, that with everything that's taking place that there are adjustments. The ministry of God is going to always go forth. And it's not always going to go forth in the same way. Jesus walked everywhere he went. He, he stood on boats and ministered out. He stood in crowds. He stood where he sat down at the well, somebody, and talked to somebody. The way that the ministry goes forth is going to change. And here we are in this day and time, and we're using social media. We're using the Internet. And, and we can do today, it seems like, we can do kind of what Jesus couldn't do, but although he did through people. We can do this. I can stand here and no telling how many thousands of people can see this, watch it, hear it audibly, hear it without a problem. And there's just so many different things. And this is the body of Christ adjusting. Adjusting to different things. I, I told my children, my wife this morning is going to tell the story. I, I got this belt on right here. And this will sound kind of odd, but it's, it's truth. It's the truth. I've got this belt on. And I remember when I got it. I remember the night that I got it. I was down at my brother's house. My wife and I was at my brother's house. And we probably hadn't been married a year, maybe a little over a year. And I looked at, he had a nice belt. And I said, boy, I like that belt. That's a nice belt. And he took his belt off and he gave it to me. And I've had that belt now for 23-ish years, somewhere along in there. And 23-ish and years. And if you look at this belt, if you go through it and you, you look at it, you'll find that there's a lot of holes in this belt. It's been with me through thick and thin. Thick and thin. And if you could take this belt, now listen to it. <laughs> If you could take this belt and examine it for yourself, you'll find I've put some new holes in it. I put, I put extra holes when I was bigger than it was, and I put some extra holes when I was smaller than it was. My goodness, if you look at this belt, you'll even find some stretch marks on it where I made it a little bit tighter than it ought to have been. 
but I like this belt. It's a good belt. And that's the same way that the body of Christ is. We adjust to the times. For if there's anybody that has ever been born for such a time as this, we're not living in the day of Esther. We're not living in the day of the apostles and disciples. We're not living even in the day when Jesus in the flesh walked the earth. We're living in 2020 because we're born for this time. We were to be here at this time to let the light of God shine through our life. Why? Because this is the best time that we can show forth the best light. The best time for us to show forth the best light. In this light, now listen, there's a lot of different things that take place in the body of Christ and we, we adjust to all these things. Let's, we wanna, I want to reference back to some scriptures that Brother John Wynn used the other night in, in 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse, we'll begin at verse number 5. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things, listen now, if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be what? Barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten what? That he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and elections sure, for if you do these things, ye shall never fall. Now, you say, what do you reference to that? Now, let's get back to the purpose of God for just a minute. Just a minute. Get back to the purpose of God. They say some folks in some reading and whatnot, they'll tell you that the purpose of God is threefold. And I can see where it all fits. Everybody kind of look at it their own way. But threefold in the sense of, number one, the seeking to save that which was lost, which means to save man. And then the next part would be to sanctify man. And then the next part being the establishment of the kingdom of God. Now, if, we go, if we're called according to that purpose, then we are the light of the world. And as the light of the world, like we've said before, already stated, we are letting that light shine so that we can draw men to God. So we, men, people don't run from light unless they're afraid of it, unless it hurts them. Why? Because in the light you can see plainly. Well, there's not but one that likes to hide what they're doing, and that's the enemy. That's Satan himself. He's the one that likes to hide what he's doing. He's the one that likes to keep what he's doing in secret. Use it in deception. If you're not possessed or if you're not controlled by our adversary, the devil, then you seek light because you like to see where you're going. You like to see what you're doing. I have learned, realized as I've gotten older, there's two things that happen with a fella in his eyes. Number one, he needs a little magnification. And the other, he needs a little extra light to see what he's doing because sometimes it's just hard to see. And when... The world, as, as the world gets deeper and deeper and deeper in darkness, they need more and more and more light. So what's that telling us? That's telling us that we as the church of God, as the body of Christ, got to get closer to God. Got to. And this is how we do it. Now listen, there are very few things in the Bible, very few things when you read about it that God give us. That God just handed it out, give it to us. He just laid it out there. One of those things being faith. The Bible lets us know that he give us the measure of faith. Every man has been dealt that. Everybody has that measure of faith. And that's yours. He, he give it to you. And then he also tells us in one place where he gives us peace. Those things he give to us. But listen to this, listen to this scripture again. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith. Add to your faith. That's our responsibility. That's what we have to do. He's given us this faith. It's ours. It can't go away. It's there. 
You can exercise it or not exercise it. You can let it be big or you can let it be little. But that faith is there. But now there comes virtue. Virtue you have to add. God didn't give that to you. God didn't give that to you. Knowledge you have to add. Because God didn't give that to you either. All these other listings things, you look at them. God don't give those things. You have to add them. Now you say, Brother Paul, how do I add them? Now knowing... Now, adding these things is what makes us closer to God, gets us closer to Him. How do you add these things? How do you get them? Are they at the store where you can go buy them and bring them to home with you? Are, are they in the cupboard where you can open up a can and pour out a can of knowledge and eat it up? No, that's not the way it works. Here's how it works. Life is hard. And life is a tool in God's hand. God takes you and me and He dumped us in life and He said, Now, here it is. I'm going to put you in situations where you can add to yourself. And he lets us, he puts us in places where there's knowledge. And we can either get it or not. He puts us in places where there's virtue. And we can get it or not. It's our choice. We have to add it to ourselves. But no, if we don't, we're not growing closer to God. We're getting further away. Virtue. To virtue, knowledge. To knowledge, temperance. To temperance, patience. To patience, godliness. Each one of these things builds on the other. Each one of these things magnifies the other. To godliness, brotherly kindness. Brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. God places us in situations, puts us in places where we can add these things to ourselves. Now, as we add these things to ourselves, we are able to let our light shine more and more and more and more and more. And in times when the world is in such a turmoil, in times when the world don't know who, wh whether they're coming or going, in times when the world is scared to death, when they see you walk out with confidence, when they see you walk out and there's no fear in your eyes, when they see you walk out and there's no air of uncertainty about you, then they see you and they're drawn to that light. When they're drawn to that light, you're able to share Jesus with them. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, another little friend. We spoke a little bit about it earlier today, about what's the significance of the middle. What's the significance of the middle of this and the middle of that? If you're reading the Scripture, you'll find references to it quite often. The middle of this and the middle of that. And my friend was talking to me about the book of Revelation. And he was, he's got off, he's listening to some teachers that's teaching about the book of Revelation and what's taking place and going on and so forth now. And he was really, really, really excited about it. Just really excited about it. And I just, you know, just uh, uh, give him a little praise there and, and, and let him know he's doing a good job and so on and so forth. And, and, but then the Lord began to deal with me. And, 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 and then I told him this. I said, listen. I said, the stories in Genesis are some wonderful, wonderful, wonderful stories. And there's some great knowledge and some great wisdom to be gained from the stories in Genesis if you want to read them. And then if you go over to Revelation, there's some great things to be gained about. There's some great things to be gained that come from the prophecies and the testimony of Jesus, which is what the Bible says that the book of Revelation is. There's some good stuff there. But life is not found. Salvation is not found in Genesis or revelation. It's found in the middle of the book. It's found in, with Jesus. 
It's found in the story of Jesus. How Jesus brings salvation to us. Life is found in the middle of the book. Now you say, well, Brother Paul, you're saying we can't find Jesus in Genesis. Nope. That's not what I'm telling you at all. I'm not saying you can't find Jesus in Genesis or find Jesus in Revelation. What I'm telling you is this. You can't find Jesus in Genesis or in Revelations if you ain't met him. Because you don't know what you're looking for. You don't know how to look for him in Genesis or in Revelation or in Psalm or in Proverbs. You don't know how to find the Jesus of salvation. You got to get over where Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John are talking about him. Telling you the story about him. Introduce you to him. Find Jesus. Let them prick your heart. Find you an altar. Get introduced to Jesus himself. And then you can find him in Genesis and Revelation. But until then, don't worry about the mark of the beast. Don't worry about the coming in even of the enemy and all this stuff that's happening in the end time. That stuff ain't even necessary for you to know. Know for a surety your destination. No, hmm, hallelujah. Brother Anthony preaches it like this and says, you know what? You can't stay here. You don't have to go to heaven. You don't have to go to hell, but you can't stay here. You've got a destination. You're going somewhere. You just have to decide where you want to go. And when you decide where you want to go, you make your decision and then you hit the path of running. You hit the path running and you grow as close to Jesus as you possibly can. And if that's not the path you choose, then you get as far away from him as you possibly can. That's just the way it works. There's no middle ground here. There's no middle ground. We can, we can love ourselves. We can love humanism. We can, we can think that this world is it. We can think that we die and, and then we're just gone. But I'm telling you, there's life after this one. There is life after this one. And one of these days we're going to be caught up with the Lord to meet Him in the air. And we'll ever be changed. We'll ever be changed. Ever be changed. I'm looking for that immortal body. Y'all can come on back to the music and get ready for a song. I'm just about finished here. What we have to remember in this day and time is that we are definitely born for this time. We are definitely, definitely born for this time. There's been, we, we, I, I had, if I could just be just, just really, really, really honest here for just a minute, maybe even a little bit too honest. We've been uh, facing a few little battles and trials and different things. And uh, I, have, I have to say that there's some stuff I've been dealing with in my own mind, my own spirit, that has caused me to even, to even at times question God's thoughts toward me. And you say, well, Brother Paul, how in the world is that possible? You know, you, you've been a Christian for a long time. You've been in, in, in the house of God for a long time. you had a relationship with the Lord for a long time. How is that possible? Well, that's, that's, that's the purpose here for us. We're trying to grow close to God. So God puts us in situations where these questions can come to us, and we can learn from them. We can learn from them. So here we have a choice. We've made the choice, trying to go close to the Lord. So I pray for you today. This evening, I ask you, where are you? Where are you? How do you? What is your standing with the Lord? Are you secure? Are you fearful? What is your standing with the Lord? Are you confident? Or are you afraid? What is your standing with the Lord? Are you able to say, if I live or if I die, I'm the Lord's? I'm not suggesting we all get silly and, and, 
and, and do silly things and hurt ourselves. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I am saying, though, is are we secure in our salvation? Have we read that Bible enough? Have we prayed enough? Have we talked to God enough? Have we gotten close enough to Him that we feel secure in His presence? And that when troubles and trials come to our life, they don't soon shake our faith. They don't soon shake us. The Bible lets us know that in this day and time that perilous times are here. And those perilous times, they have purpose also. They have purpose also. In this last time, we stand at a place where there is a sifting going on. There is a sifting that's going on. If you recall the parable of the ten virgins, you'll find that five were wise and five were foolish. And the call went out at midnight. The bridegroom cometh. The bridegroom cometh. And everybody was asleep. Even the wise ones. They were asleep also. But then the wise ones and the foolish ones arose. And they tr- the wise ones trimmed their lamps. They said, we got to make ready. We got to make ready. I'm telling you this. If you're looking for life as normal, I would say we're probably not going to find it again. Not like it was three months ago, four months ago. I would say there's some major changes that have taken place that haven't been made evident to us even as of yet. Changes are here. Perilous times are here. And I tell you tonight, if you can be shaken, you will. You will. So get in your Bible. Get close to God. Get close to God. The days are here where we got to choose the day of salvation. It's here. Be dedicated. Be determined. Be determined. Make your calling and your election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. You shall never fall. Let's get close to God, saints.